0: the answer
2: yes indeed it is once again and a good morning to you seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock is when we get started and it is a monday the very first morning of the 11th month of the year of the year of our lord 2021 we are just 12 months away now from retaking our country 12 months away from getting our country back from those who have taken it from us and attempted to mold it into something completely unrecognizable. And I mean that in every literal sense of the world. You will never recognize this country if we do not take back the country in the midterm elections 12 months from now, November of 2022. It will be something that it has never been before. It will not be free. It will be a police state. It will be an authoritarian regime. It will be terrifying as you watch socialism and Marxism uh, Marxism be implemented into U.S. law. It will become the dominant force of this culture now and going forward. So we are 12 months away in a fight for our very existence. And I don't mean just our very lives, and I do, but I also mean literally the existence of this country for your children, the existence of the country that you grew up in for your grandchildren the existence of the greatest force for good in the history of humankind. And that is exactly what was born on July 4th, 1776, and fought and bled for uh, for the entirety of this country's existence since then. It is all in the balance. This is not hyperbole. This is not an overstatement. We now are on a 12-month fight. If we don't battle and brawl for, for this country, and I don't mean that physically, of course. We do not condone nor support the Physical violence of any kind. We support self defense, of course, if that is what is necessary. But when I say battle and brawl, I mean that, of course, in a figurative way. I mean that in a verbal way. I mean that in a rhetorical way. I mean that in a manner that this country has always done, which has fought peacefully for the advancement and the betterment of our society. And that's what we have now for the next 12 months. So it starts now, November 1, 2021. It takes us through tomorrow, which is a big, big day in that battle. Tomorrow, November 2nd, we have a bunch of very important battles going on. There are school board races all over the state. There are also congressional races to fill vacant seats. There are a lot of very important issues that have to be decided tomorrow. But this battle starts today, it goes through tomorrow, obviously, it goes through the primaries this coming spring, and then obviously, as I say, into November of 2022, when we can officially take our country back by winning back majorities in the House and in the Senate, winning more gubernatorial races with conservatives in charge of them so that the red states that continue to thrive in this country today can continue to expand and perhaps minimize the number of blue states that continue to falter and struggle today. So it is that serious. All right. On that note, I want to announce the guest today. It's going to be Congressman Jim Jordan. And yeah, we're getting an extra dose of Jordan because uh, we had him on Friday instead last week, if you were paying attention. If you weren't, that's okay. But we had Jim Jordan on Friday. Uh, His normal time is Monday, however, so he's keeping his normal time today. We're going to talk to him about a whole host of very important issues, including $450,000 per illegal alien. I I wish I was making that up. I am not making that up. That's legitimate. That is real. He is livid about it. Our really most reasonable people are very concerned about that. we're going to talk to him about the school board races that I mentioned. We're going to talk to him about Joe Biden and his mental ability. I don't know if you saw it, but his press conference late last night in Rome. Once again, he shows his inability to handle a press conference without pre-screened questioners and questions. He and he says the quiet parts out loud. Okay, I've been told to call on the Associated Press. First, somebody is continuing to to hold the puppet strings that that dangle this guy's arms and, and move his mouth up and down. It's impossible to believe otherwise. Uh, we're going to talk about the investigation into the National School Boards Association and their ties to the White House. Jim Jordan is actually heading that after they called for the investigation of parents as domestic terrorists if they complain too loudly at school board meetings. And how about the mandates? A shortage of first responders now is putting lives in danger in major American cities as police and firefighters refuse the phony vaccine mandates, the big pharma profit jabs. Um, they're refusing them in large numbers. not majorities, don't get me wrong. but even if if twenty percent of a fire department, twenty percent doesn't get the doesn't get the jab and, uh, and is, is placed on leave or fired, That closes entire firehouses, depending on the size of the city, and that increases response times, and it increases deaths, quite frankly. Same thing with the police departments. It's not blue flu to say, I just want to make my own decision about what goes into my body. I'm very concerned about this. I'm very concerned about the potential impacts on me or on my family if I take this jab, and I want it to be my choice, nobody else's choice. That's not blue flu. That's First Amendment, or that's Bill of Rights. That's our rights to make our own decisions with our body. This is the one case in which my body, my choice, really should mean something. This is the one case. It's not my body, government's choice. It's my choice. And this is going to put people in danger. Will the powers that be pull back those mandates to get the firehouses open, to get the police precincts filled? to make sure response times are as short as possible, to make sure that lives can be saved, or are they going to continue to push something that is not even a pandemic any longer? Particularly when it comes to the children that they now want to poison. And I'm sorry. I'm not saying every kid is going to die if they get the jab because there's poison in it. I'm saying there's going to be very serious consequences for a lot of kids, and nobody knows which kids they are. How do we know that? Because the approval, the approval panel at the FDA, acknowledged as much and said, we don't know how safe this drug is, and we won't know until we start giving it out. Then we'll know. That's just the way it goes, they said. And this is for a non-pandemic. This is for a non-emergency. Because there is a teeny tiny scintilla of the population of healthy 5 to 11-year-olds that have ever even gotten COVID, much less suffered a severe reaction to it. It is a non-emergency, and yet they want to use emergency authorization to pump that stuff into arms, and they have no idea what's going to happen when they do. So all of this is on the table. I welcome your thoughts this morning. I'm fired up. i got a lot of ground to cover, but I want to start with our Pledge of Allegiance. Maybe a little bit too late to say start, but this is what we do. Please, Patriots, stand. Put your hand over your heart. Please face a flag if you have one. If you don't have one, that's okay, but just go ahead and imagine and join us in uh, expressing our allegiance and our love for this great country. Leftists, Colin Kaepernick supporters on Netflix, I'll get to that in a moment. You go ahead and take your knee like your hero. We know how you feel about this country anyway.
0: I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands One nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all.
2: Amen to that. 9.15 now. Let me get a couple of quick notes here before we take our first break. And I really appreciate you being with us. I'm just going to hit that last tease real fast. You know who Colin Kaepernick is now, the former NFL very, very mediocre quarterback who gave up his job voluntarily when he uh, decided to become a free agent about five years ago because he did not like the amount of money the San Francisco 49ers were offering him to continue as their quarterback. He voluntarily left and then found no takers. Nobody wanted him. This was at a time that number one, his skills were on serious decline. And number two, he became a pain in the A for virtually anybody that might have employed him because he decided to become a political and social activist. And he started badmouthing the United States, badmouthing the American flag, badmouthing, uh, you know, virtually everything that this country holds dear. And amazingly, an average quarterback who wanted starters money to be a backup because that's how that's what his skill set translated into, who was a huge public relations nightmare, couldn't find a job. He, of course, then accused the, the NFL of blackballing him because of its inherent racism and because of the inherent racism of the United States. The NAACP agreed. Virtually every social justice organization took up the cause of Colin Kaepernick. Who had no interest whatsoever in actually playing anymore, just decided to become a full-time activist, and that involved an extraordinary amount of of, of uh, uh, playing the victim, playing the role of the victim. I got shut down. Multiple teams in the in the last few years have said we'll bring him in at least for a tryout, and then he would sabotage those tryouts by coming in wearing uh, t-shirts uh, uh, lionizing uh, Fidel Castro or Che Guevara. And he would come in and say inflammatory things about the racism in this country or the racism in the city in which he visited. He was given opportunities and he sabotaged them because he doesn't want to play anymore. He's making millions from Nike. He's making millions as a professional victim, and it doesn't involve getting hit every day every play on Sundays. He is a complete and total fraud from part A to Part Z. Beginning to end, Alpha and Omega, he is absolutely a fraud. Now, that fraud that he has committed has paid off handsomely. He has a six-part Netflix special that began on Friday. Now, you should understand this, I didn't watch it. God forbid I destroy my own television. I didn't watch it, and I'm pretty sure you didn't either. But I did read about it, and I am going to share it. In the first episode of Colin Kaepernick's um, Netflix series, six-part docudrama, called Colin in Black and White, he decided to compare professional football players, of which he used to be one, who are multi-millionaires, to dirt-poor-owned-nothing, brutalized slaves. That's right. In the first installment of Colin in Black and White, the docudrama series on Netflix, Colin Kaepernick and his producers put together a little clip of an NFL combine or training camp in which the potential players are examined by the scouts, whose job it is to see who we want to invest millions of dollars in. And virtually every measurable is included. So they show the the athletes being measured, their heights, their weights, their wingspan, their muscle tone, their speed, they're being evaluated for their physical abilities because they're being paid millions or going to be to play a very physical sport. How does Colin Kaepernick measure that? Quote, before they put you on the field, teams poke, prod and examine you, searching for any defect that might affect your performance. No boundary respected. No dignity left intact. End quote. Meanwhile, on the camera, the NFL players, all black, then leave the field and walk back in time to a slave auction with a cotton field in the background as white slave owners examine the slaves that are chained a clip of a football coach looks at the wingspan of a football player. Then the screen flashes back to a slave auction where a slave owner then shakes hands with a current-day football coach because they're doing the same thing, you see. They're evaluating the physical ability of the slave, the slave in actual slavery days and the slave in the modern-day NFL. Never mind the fact that slaves were, were of course, held captured, and forced to work against their will for zero dollars, whereas modern-day NFL players are free to choose to go into an NFL combine and be examined by scouts because they want to make tens of millions of dollars. This is how bad it is. He, has, he spent a half a decade now. Six years crying that the NFL blackballed him and won't give him a shot. And now he is actually complaining that an NFL player is like being an actual slave. So he's mad that he wasn't given another shot to go back into the NFL and be a slave as he sees them. This is the fraud of the American left. Colin Kaepernick is just one guy, but he has been lionized. He has been knighted by the American left as one of the leaders of the social justice movement and one of the examples of systemic American racism because this half-black, half-white quarterback was, quote, blackballed for daring to kneel during the national anthem and call out racism in America. This man, who, by the way, was raised by a white family in privilege, dare I say, is now pretending to be some sort of 18th century slave in order to advance his own brand. What does that mean? It means the money he makes being a professional victim. Every time he gets a new contract with Nike, every time he gets a new contract with Netflix, every time he gets a new book deal, he makes millions by pretending to be a victim. And this is the mantra, this is the MO, this is the playbook of the American left. We will not play that game. We will not play by that playbook. We will call these hypocritical SOBs out every step of the way, including Colin Kaepernick and including Ibram X. Kendi. His story coming up as well. As we continue on this Monday edition of the Authority AM 1420, The Answer.
0: The free WHK mobile app and listen to your favorite WHK programs or podcasts on the go. It's free in your app store.
2: All right, it's 925. I'm going to call an audible here rather than tell you the Ibram X. Kendi story in which the noted anti-racism author, He wrote a book about anti-racism. He's writing another one about how to raise anti-racist kids, which is, of course, a complete and total how-to guide to be a racist against white people. Um, He had a bad weekend. Just going to leave it there. He had a really bad weekend. Uh, his, His entire life's work was undone in one tweet. And I will explain that later. I'm going to call the Audible now because I want to get calls in before Jim Jordan at the bottom of the hour. So let's do this. Dan in Independence is up first. Dan, you're on AM 1420. The answer, go right ahead, sir. All right. All right. Looks like it's not working. We're going to fix that. Apologies. Don't know exactly why that is. Okay. That's all right. Uh, well, then I will give you a... Is, is John, is the phone working or no? No? Okay. Okay. So... So... We, so we will we will go ahead and fix that, and we'll have Jim Jordan. Hopefully, we'll get that worked on before Jim Jordan comes on live at uh, uh, at nine thirty five. Jim Jordan will hopefully be with us for that. So let me just give you the tease then for the Ibram X Kendi story, since I cannot take calls at the at this moment in time. Ibram X Kendi is the uh, racist author of the anti racism book, um, and he is a professor at Boston U- University. His argument is anti-racism must be practiced by everybody in America, including and especially whites. It's not enough to just not be a racist. You have to actively work as an anti-racist. What does that mean? That means giving stuff to people of color that they did not earn or, or deserve, giving them reparations for, for um, victimization they have not suffered, and making white people pay for it all. Making them pay for it not just with money, but, but with their own Livelihood with their own self-worth. They must admit and acknowledge their own privilege, their own racism, their own uh, supremacy, white supremacy. That's what anti-racism is. He claims that this country is unfairly tilted with advantages toward whites. That's what white privilege is. So here's what happened. Ibram X. Kendi shared a news article on Saturday of a recent survey that discovered that more than one-third of white students lied or misrepresented their race on college applications. Okay? Four-fifths of white students who admitted to lying or misrepresenting their race said they did so to improve their chances of being accepted in schools. Half of those students admitted to lying, saying they did so to improve their chances of being awarded financial aid, which is earmarked specifically for minorities. So Kendi tweeted, quote, More than a third of white students lied about their race on college applications, and about half of these applicants lied about being Native American. More than three-fourths of these students who lied about their race were accepted. End quote. And then he pushed tweet or send, and it went out there. And immediately his career ended. He later deleted the tweet because he was too stupid to understand before he pushed send that he just literally undid his entire life's work. Why would white people lie on their applications for college or scholarships about being white? Why would they lie and pretend that they were a person of color, a Native American or a Latino or an African American? Why? Would the answer be because they wanted to take advantage of black privilege? That is exactly what it means. It is exactly the opposite of what Ibram X. Kendi was trying to show. If white privilege is so prevalent and pervasive, why would white kids feel the need to disguise their whiteness and pretend that they were a person of color so they could get money and get admittance to college, admission to college? The white students knew that their color is a disadvantage. If there's not privilege when you're a white person and applying for college, there is just the opposite. You are discriminated against because slots are held open and dollars are set aside only for people of a certain color. And it's not white. It's an extraordinary moment. An extraordinary moment. Ibram X. Kendi, uh, Kendi, who just has been arguing for his entire life that the United States is a systemically racist nation in favor of whites, just proved it's better for a white person to pretend that they're black if they want to get ahead. You think about that. It's 9.30. News now. We'll hopefully get Jim Jordan on the line on AM 1420 The Answer.
0: vaccinated against the lies of the liberal media pandemic the bob france authority on am 1420 the answer
2: okay 936 thanks for being with us on am 1420 the answer now i want to welcome back to our program back in his regular slot now uh congressman jim jordan ohio's fourth congressional district representative ranking member of the house judiciary committee as well congressman how was your weekend
3: it was good bob how about yours
2: Not bad. Not bad at all. I enjoyed seeing uh, in Game 4 of the World Series down in Mm -hmm. Atlanta, the city (laughs) and the state, that baseball tried to cancel by taking the All-Star game away because they dared to pass voter ID laws. Uh, Now they can't take the spotlight off because the World Series is there and President Trump in a box doing the Tomahawk chop along with the the thousands of fans. Was Was that amazing? No.
3: That was apple pie, right? Just that, that uh, the America, the, the former president enjoying the joined the World Series in uh, in a great place that should have had the All Star Game. So no, I, I enjoyed that as well.
2: Yeah, it was it was terrific, and uh, throwing uh, cancel culture and uh, and uh, you know political correctness to the wind there. Hey, hey, look, Rob Manfred, the one who insisted, by the way, that our Cleveland Indians take away the name the Indians and Chief Wahoo, uh, said he is totally fine with the name Braves and the Tomahawk Chop. How about that? How about that for the left? Think, just having two completely different answers to the same question.
3: I think I think Mr. Manfred got an education back when he moved the All Star Game from lots of Americans, and then uh, you know, sort of, sort of, whether it's poetic justice that now the Braves make the make the series and and might win it. Of course, they're up three two, so we'll see. But yeah, I think uh, I think some of these uh, sports uh, folks have figured out that Americans sort of like tradition and not necessarily all this woke cancel culture mindset.
2: I think you're exactly right, Congressman. All right, Congressman, let's dive into some of the most important issues right now. Um, Joe Biden wanted to go to Europe for his little uh, trip in G20 Summit with a big, great big deal already done, his uh, $3.5 trillion, which was then supposedly scaled back to $1.75 trillion, But as you and I discussed mm-hmm. on Friday, it's not really. They just shortened the number of right. years, and then they're going to renew it. Um, he wanted to go. He didn't get it done. But now... Uh, they are saying that uh, House leaders are saying there will be a Tuesday vote on both economic bills. Congressman, what is your yeah. prediction?
3: Well, I, I guess we'll we'll see. I mean, you know, I think she the, the Speaker has said on four different occasions that were are going to be a vote, and so she's 0 for 4. She's brought Joe Biden to the Capitol, uh, to Capitol Hill twice, and he's 0 for 2. Um, so we'll see. I mean, right now, 0 for 6, and they're saying Tuesday. That the odds are not going to happen then, and let's hope it does But. Uh, we'll just wait and see. They're in the majority. They can, if they can get the vote, they can get the votes. But it'll be bad for the country if they pass this this crazy deal with, uh, with all the spending and all the bad policy, bad taxes, everything else in it.
2: Senator Tim Scott said it's more than just bad. He called it the great American shakedown. And when you look at what's in this bill, it's pretty hard to argue with that, isn't it?
3: No, it is. I mean, you know, we, we, we get focused on the number, and it is a ridiculous level of spending. Uh, totally uncalled for totally wrong. But it's the policies, it's the tax increases that are going to hurt everyone. It's the bad energy policy. I mean, we had a hearing last week, uh, Bob, where, where the de- uh, Democrats were badgering um, the, the oil and gas companies say, will you agree, will you say today, will you promise today that you will not increase production next year? And I'm like, well, wait, wait a minute. The, the president of the United States is asking OPEC to increase production, and you're, you're demanding that American companies not increase production. They do it at a much lower CO2 emissions than anywhere else in the world. I said to the guys, what do you want, $8 gas? I mean, th- th- this is so crazy where the left is going. So, yeah, it's the bad policies and how they're going to harm American families.
2: Yeah, it, it is doing exactly that. And again, it's all self-inflicted. These wounds are self-inflicted by, by Joe Biden and, quite frankly, by the American leftists yeah. who support him. Um, and, and the real question is, you know, he goes over there to, to promise to cut our CO2 emissions by involving, involving us in this international effort, the one that's going to cost us billions and billions, if not trillions more, when, Congressman, we already cut our emissions for four years when President yeah. Trump was there organically, not because of any new... Uh, uh, you know, taxation on, on energy or anything of that sort. We just did it organically. Why do we have to be a part Correct. of this international shakedown?
3: No, you're, you're you're so right. Cap and trade didn't pass 10 years ago, but it, it, the American companies, American, we, we lowered our CO2 emissions because it was just the right thing to do, the smart thing to do, the economically uh, intelligent thing to do. Meanwhile, he's over there trying to get us to do more, to harm American families and harm American people more, while Russia... And China and India, they're not showing up to this thing. They're not going to agree to any of this. They're just going to keep polluting while we're doing it all. I mean, this is, this is so ridiculous where they want to go. And uh, I, but, but I said this many times. I think the American people see through it all. I think they're fed up with the, 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 the left and what they're doing to parents at school board meetings, what they're doing to our economy, what they're doing to our border, what they're doing to, to, to police in our, our urban areas. So um, I think Americans have had it.
2: Um I don't know if this is a part congressman Jordan of the big bill uh or if it's going to be a separate standalone bill I can't imagine it would but tell me about this $450,000 per illegal alien uh that came into the country and was separated uh by from their yeah. children uh, by, uh, by by American law by the way not just Trump policy but by American law where would that money be coming from and 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 how can we possibly accept this. You know, border governors, I feel the worst for people like Greg Abbott and other border border governors. Yeah, yeah. You know, He said, look, this is going to spark even more people coming trying to come across the border, because now not only are they getting into the United States for free, they're actually being paid to do it, very, very handsomely. Um, how does this possibly play out, Congressman?
3: Well, we're not just being paid to come to the United States, paid to come here illegally. I mean, first of all, it, it's bad enough in this bill that they they're trying to give amnesty to eight to ten million people who broke the law. Now they're saying, oh, you're not only going to get amnesty, we're going to pay you half a million dollars if you broke the law. And then American American healthcare workers who are who busted their tail for a year and a half are now being told, you don't get the shot, you don't get the vaccine, you're not going to have a job. Uh, police in Minneapolis up there, they're, 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 there's a vote today to to get rid of police. So this is
1: <laughs> this is
3: how absurd. You, you almost had to laugh because it's like you wouldn't think. That, that, that the left would be capable of so many stupid things that have no logic, no common sense to them. But that's where we're at. And this idea that we're going to pay people who broke the law while we're going to fire Americans who busted their tail, serving in our country for the last year and a half, if they don't get a shot, even though they've already, got, they've already had COVID and have natural – that makes no sense. But um, that's where they're at. And, uh, again, I keep coming back to it. I think, uh, I think the country's figuring them out and going to change things as soon as they get a chance
2: well i'm glad you you brought up that part um because I talked about it in my open opening monologue. There are numerous major American cities that are closing entire firehouses and police precincts that are severely and woefully understaffed. Why because the firefighters and police officers our first responders heroes who put their uh-huh. lives on the line uh-huh. are are being yes. forced are being forced out they're either being uh, put on a uh, leave without pay or they're being outright fired because they refuse to take the jab can they legitimately congressman jordan continue to claim that the vaccine mandate is in the interest of public health when the people who protect public health including by the way the nurses and healthcare workers are all being forced out of their jobs of
3: course not i mean again i think i think more and more folks are waking up and they're saying wait a minute like right now i got a flight on the dc here this morning will american flight we fly american all the time from ohio to, to dc is that flight gonna go I mean, th- th- this, is, this is what happens when you have stupid policies. This is what happens when you pay people not to work. This is what happens when you put in place all kinds of things that just defy common sense and defy logic and, frankly, defy science. Th- th- this is, this is the, the situation you get. Um, I think I told you a couple weeks ago we were in California. I saw the ships lined up on the coast because of the bad, stupid policies in California and from Washington. So time and time again when you have bad policy, bad decisions, you get the results that we get, and uh, you know the American people are just they 're just not going to tolerate it any longer
2: I, um, I, I really I was talking about this off the air with friends over the weekend I, I, I cannot imagine or could not imagine that the first ten months of a presidency could go any worse than this had this, these, these ten months have it, it's, it, if, if we weren 't living it and being impacted and harmed by yeah. it, it would be comical yeah. it would be, i mean it would be a great comedic movie but but it 's reality, and so it 's not funny at all. And here we, it is literally every self-inflicted wound that this country is suffering right now has been inflicted by Joe Biden and or the people Mm -hmm. who handle him. And the reason I phrase it that way is because going back to Rome now, last night at his press conference, Joe Biden again says the part that's in parentheses on his cue cards or on his teleprompter out loud. I've been told to go to the Associated Press first. He cannot handle a press conference without pre-screened questioners and pre-screened questions, which begs the question, who's telling him what to do first and yeah. second and third? Because he's clearly not able to make his own decisions.
3: Yeah, it's one of the questions I probably get more often than the others, you know, who's in charge. And, and it, it's 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 probably a combination of folks. Uh, I don't know. Um, it's sad for our country when you see the President of the United States be, behave the way he does, um, I still go back to that 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 press conference after the the Afghanistan withdrawal and just you know what a what a debacle that was there. But that press conference itself, and you're like, this individual is just not up to the task. It, it just isn't. And I think the country sees it. It's sad for our country. Uh, it's probably why he should resign. But um, you know we'll we'll see. Is it Ron Klein on the day to day basis the chief of staff? I'm sure has a huge impact. Uh, Susan Rice, you know, the, the same people who are up on Capitol Hill back during Afghanistan are probably running a lot of things uh, there in the White House, making a lot of decisions, but uh, no one knows for sure.
2: We're talking with uh, Congressman Jim Jordan, Ohio's 4th Congressional District Representative. One more quick one before I ask you about, once again, uh, your very, very important book and doing what uh, they said they would, would do. Um, Talk, tell me about the investigation. Um, I'm reading that you are launching an investigation yep. into the ties between the National School Board Association and the, uh, the White House and, and the DOJ. Um, what kind of investigation is this? Is this congressional? Because as the m- ranking member, well, I didn't know you could, if you could call it from a committee. Well,
3: we're, we're doing everything we can, whether they'll comply. We, we've got, we've got inquiries into the Attorney General asking him to rescind the memo. We've got inquiries into the, the head of the School Boards Association asking them what kind of involvement they had with the White House prior to the initial letter. We've got a letter into the FBI. I mean, we're, we're trying to get information from everyone because this thing whole, totally looks like it was coordinated from the get-go. The School Board Association talking with the White House, putting together the letter. Five days later, the memorandum goes out from the Attorney General doing exactly what the School Board Association asked for. The day after our hearing last, or two weeks ago, um, the School Board Association Apologizes for the letter. I think, as I said last week, you just don't see that. I mean, that, that, you just don't see that happening in DC. And this was this was an we regret and apologize. They apologized twice in the same paragraph. It was they were they, they were backing up so 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 fast. Um, so we want to find out about what's going on. And we've also sent letters. We, we plan to send letters to the U.S. Attorney, the 94 districts that are supposed to be putting together these task force and these this open line of dedicated threat reporting, this snitch line on parents. We want to know about that and how that is playing out across the country, where, where, sort of where the rubber meets the road. Because remember, the day that the, the, the Attorney General does the memorandum, accompanying that memorandum was a press release talking about getting the National Security Division of the Justice Department involved. And the National Security Division deals with terrorism. So this idea that they weren't treating parents as domestic terrorists is just BS. They were, and that's what has to stop.
2: That is a huge, huge part of this. They have essentially declared parents to be the enemy, and uh, you know nowhere is that more clear than in uh, in Virginia, where Terry McAuliffe, the mm-hmm. candidate for governor, the governor there, uh, you know, uh, tomorrow is going to face the people. He literally told them, "Shut up and let the experts at the and tea- the teachers unions raise your kids, uh, stay in line, there, parents. You don't have a place in this discussion." Uh, and now tomorrow they're going to answer the the that that question. How yeah. important is that election in the bigger picture? What will that mean? B- it- you know, it, it,
3: it, 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 well, it's huge. It, even if Youngkin even if doesn't win, I think he's got a good chance of winning now. But even if he doesn't win, the fact that this is this close and he's up in some of the polls in Virginia, which is now, as everyone knows, a blue state, went big for Biden in the last uh, election. The fact that he's that close just tells you moms and dads don't like this idea. When, when, when government comes along and says we're smarter than you, parents, about what's, what's needed and what's best for your kids, moms and dads don't take to that too well. And I think they're speaking out and going to speak out in a big way tomorrow in Virginia, maybe New Jersey as well, uh, two blue states. And if we can win one of those, win both of those, I mean, oh, that, 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 sends, that sends a huge message that this country has had it with the left's ridiculous policies and their attack on our freedoms.
2: Yeah, and and you know what, uh, not just that; those particular races you just mentioned, but a whole bunch of local ones, too. In your district, sure. in the 4th District, there are sure. numerous school board seats that are up for grabs. Individuals who have been beholden to the indoctrination type of uh, a theory that has been going on in far too many public schools, and they're being challenged by these parents that we're told are domestic terrorists, uh, they're challenging them. These parents want a seat on the board to make sure their kids are yeah. actually being educated and, and not indoctrinated. How important is that in, in the state of Ohio?
3: No it's it's critical. You know, I I've said many times uh no 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 high paid lobbyists over being a mom on a mission and and some some there are lots of good people running lots of moms deciding they're going to run and be involved in their kid's school make sure their school is not teaching this this hate America racist curriculum that's 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 so bad. Um that's a good thing. That's that's how our country's supposed to work. People getting involved at the local level making sure things are done the right way.
2: Congressman, you have a book out right now. Um, actually, I think it's going to be released uh, later this month, I should say. But it's available yep. for pre-order, if I understand it correctly. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's yep. called Do What yeah, you-, you Said You Would Do, Fighting for Freedom in the Swamp. Now, that's a familiar phrase. I've seen you give, heard you give that line mm-hmm. on my program, on television programs. Sure. Do what you said you would do. Explain that in more depth. What does that mean?
3: Well, uh, it, just what it says, you run for this job, you, you talk to the voters about what you're going to do if they... They elect you. If they do that uh, and you get the privilege of serving them, do what you said. And, and uh, we don't have enough of that in D.C. The, the guy who did it best was President Trump. So we talk a lot about that in the, in the book, a lot of behind the scenes. I think your listeners will enjoy the read. We, we, we take him behind the scenes and interactions with the president. Um, we talk about when we threw John Boehner out as uh, a speaker, when we made a change in the Freedom Caucus, how uh, we started because we weren't doing what we said we would do. And then, of course, a lot about the investigations that, uh, because of the nature of the committees I'm on, Oversight and Judiciary. I've been involved in just about every major, the IRS investigation, the Benghazi investigation, of course, impeachment. One of the stories I know your listeners will will enjoy is we talk about the day uh, Gates and Scalise and a group of guys stormed the bunker in uh, in the basement of the Capitol. We, we, I was in there for doing depositions, and in, in come these guys, and the reaction from Adam Schiff it was it was priceless. And uh, so we talk about that and some other things that I think. Um, I think your listeners, who who you, you get a chance to visit with every day, I think they'll really enjoy the read if they uh, if they get, if they get it. And like you said, you can pre-order it now at Barnes and Noble or, or Amazon, and um, I think they'll enjoy it.
2: Yeah, I'm looking at it right now, and it looks like a tremendous read. I've got to get my own order in quickly. Um, and you know, here I want to just ask you this though, um, just based on the title, obviously. So this doesn't go into the nuts and bolts of what you wrote about, but you know, do what you said you. I'm I'm looking right now at an open border. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. looking at, uh, Americans being held captive by the Taliban in Afghanistan that was abandoned on direct command by the commander in chief. I'm looking at 13 dead service men and women because yeah. of the, because of the, um, uh, inability of the commander yeah. to do it right. I'm looking at, uh, extraordinarily woeful job performances. I'm looking at a supply chain disruption. I'm looking at critical race theory and parents being the enemy. And I'm looking at uh, abolishing and defunding the police. And this is happening all over my country right now. And Congressman, If I look at all of those things, this is what they said they would do. They told us they were going to make an open border, kill police, and on and on down the line. I mean, they're almost almost living up to it in a terrible way.
3: Yeah, this is what the left told us they would do. Joe Biden didn't. Joe Biden in South Carolina said he was going to be the opposite of Bernie. He was not going to be the left. He was going to be the moderating guy. When he gets elected, he does exactly the opposite and does what the left is saying they, they wanted to do. So you're right. He he's not doing what he said he did. The left is, and it's and it's killing that it's hurting the country in such a such a major way. So, uh, yeah, we've talked many times before. This has to be intentional. There's no way you can have month after month after month in, on their southern border where the illegal crossing number goes up each month, and that not be intentional, that not be deliberate. So this is how bad things are. And again, I think tomorrow, if we can win this race in Virginia, Glenn Youngkin can, can win. It's a message to these guys: you better stop because. If you don't, we're, we're, I mean, we're going to take back the House next year and we're going to be able to turn things around. And then Republicans will have to do what we said we do and put a stop to this nonsense.
2: That's it. That's the key right there. I opened my show today by saying, hey, it's November 1st. We are now 12 months away from
3: yep. reclaiming and yep.
2: saving this country or losing it forever. It literally is that severe and that serious. We've got 12 months of battling and fighting to do. And it's a fight we simply cannot lose. And I know you're going to be on the in, in the uh, in the, in the lead in that fight, Congressman Jordan, as you always are. And I thank you so much for that.
3: You bet. Thanks, Bob. Take care.
2: Thank you, Congressman Jim Jordan. His book is "Do What You Said You Would Do: Fighting for Freedom in the Swamp." Pre-order it as he said at Barnes and Noble or at Amazon. Uh, support this great effort. Learn a little bit more about the fight against the swamp uh, with that book by Jim Jordan. And we'll be right back.
3: You know that chick that used
0: to Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon intelligence agency, knew all the government's.